Welcome to Hold the Light, a podcast for lifelong learners who are curious about ways we can deepen our connection to our spiritual and personal growth. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. Today on the show, I'm excited to share my conversation with Alexandra Cole, a human design coach. What's human design? Well, if you're asking, you've come to the right place. Alexandra is here to walk us through it. As she says, human design is a self-awareness tool that gives us an energetic blueprint that shows us how to work, play, communicate, make decisions, and connect in a way that is most effective for each of us personally, and that when we are living in alignment with our unique blueprint, there is a quality of ease and effortlessness to life. In the first half of this conversation, Alexandra explains the five different energy types, and then we get into some real-life examples on how people have used their human design to make transformations in their life. One of the examples is specifically around career transitions. Also, before you listen, you might want to take the quiz to find out your unique human design. I link to a quiz in the show notes, or you can go to myhumandesign.com and click on Get My Chart. There you'll fill out your birth info, your day, time of birth, and where you're born. If you don't know the exact time you were born, Alexandra suggests that you pick noon on that day. However, she explains more about this towards the end of this episode. It's also fun and helpful to find out the energy types of people in your life. For example, I did this for my husband and children. I love learning about new ways we can express and honor ourselves, as well as learn more about the people in our lives. And so here is my informative and very insightful conversation with human design expert, Alexandra Cole. I am so thrilled to talk with you. And I am just fascinated with the idea of human design, with the topic of human design. And I wanted to first start by saying my intention with this conversation is to help people understand human design and to learn how this tool can help them live their most expansive, connected, authentic lives. And so being that you are a human design coach, my first question is, what is human design? That is a big and very good question to start with. Um, And thank you so (laughs) much for having me. It's an, an honor to be here and to be able to share more about this system. Human design, I speak about it as a system um, because to me, that's really how I use it as a self-awareness tool, essentially. But human design is essentially grounded in several other ancient and modern modalities, such as astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah, the chakra system. So if you're familiar with any of those, you'll see it kind of come through in human design. And really what it does is it integrates all of those systems and gives you an energetic blueprint, essentially, for how you are individually designed to use your energy in the most effective way. And what I mean by effective is that you use your energy in a way that you get the greatest return on the investment of time and energy that you put into things, but also effective in a sense that there's a quality of ease and effortlessness to life when you are living in alignment with your unique energetic blueprint. And that blueprint is based on a number of different things, but most notably, it's based on where all the planets were, that exact moment that you took your first 
breath um, because it's as if you were imprinted with the energetics of that moment. And for me personally, the way that I use human design is to help people understand how they can get back to that most aligned, authentic, effortless state um, and give themselves permission to be more of that true self because we live in a world where there's so much pressure to operate in a specific way that you know the majority has deemed right or wrong and even though you know you you hear these little voices right or you have these feelings inside that oh, this this isn't what's best for me and like i kind of want to turn right even though everyone's going left it's really hard to trust those voices without some type of external validation and so human design kind of gives you this roadmap to your energy so you can point to that and be like no no look this is actually truly who i am so when i hear that voice next time i can allow myself to listen to it more i love this so it's based on kind of like the the cosmic situation of the planets and the stars of when we are born and that's what it's basically based on in addition to where we're born, right? Like, yes, I know you can explain this more, but one thing you had reached out and asked me about before we started talking was my date of birth, my time of birth, and where I was born. Yes, correct. Which I thought was curious also, like where I'm born. So like I said, I think if you believe, which I do and has been scientifically proven, that everything and everyone is energy, right? That's really all we are. Right. You also have to believe that the energetics that were present in that exact location at that exact moment of birth are significant for you, right? Like you come out in that place, in that moment, and there is a particular quality of presence that is available there in that moment. And it is unique to that specific location, right? Because halfway across the world, even though maybe the planets are in the same place, the energy is going to come through differently based on where you are because right. the angle of the sun is just slightly different in terms of how it's hitting that planet. Right. And so the location is actually also quite significant. Oh, it's so cool. And okay, so what I understand, and, and I will say that my understanding of human design as we speak in this moment is minimal, but I think at the end of this conversation, I'll know a lot more. I understand that there are five energy types. Yes. What are those energy types and what do they mean? So when you start with human design, so first I'll say, right, when we're born, we have that amazing, unique blueprint, essentially, and that is what we call your chart. And if you look at little kids, they are living, breathing reflections of that blueprint because they haven't experienced any of that pressure and that conditioning from the outside world yet. Right. One of the like foundational categories that everyone receives, let's say at birth based on their chart is this idea of an energy type. There's five different energy types, like you said, and all the energy type is, is basically it describes the most basic mechanics of the way your energy is designed to work most optimally. Okay. So each of these five different types is designed to invest their energy in a slightly different way in order to receive that greatest return on investment and in order to experience that sense of flow and effortlessness. Okay. There are 
so many other layers to a person's chart that get into personality and gifts, even, you know, how to eat, the environment that is most supportive for you, how to communicate, all of those things. But this is like the outer layer of the onion, the thing you have to unpack first, because if you fundamentally aren't using your energy in the way that you were designed to, none of those other things are, are worth even looking at yet because you're going to be in what we call your not self in that misaligned place operating in a way that isn't as supportive for you. Oh, this is so cool. So the five energy types are generator, manifesting generator, manifester. So that manifesting generator is like a hybrid of the other two projector and reflector. Okay. And if people listening go to one of the websites that we can also share probably in the show notes and fill in their birth information, they will get a chart. And on the top right of a section that usually is called chart properties, you will see energy type and it will say one of these five. Okay. So very quickly running through them because I, I, you can spend so much time describing each of these. I, you know, it could easily be an episode each for these types. Um, Generators. Generators are here to really move things forward. Generators are exactly that. They are here to generate excitement and life and energy around things, specifically things that they are passionate about and excited about. So generators have a motor that lives within their sacral system, which is that chakra, if you're familiar with the chakra system, right behind the belly button. Okay also known as the gut. And that for us generators, because you and I are both generators, really is our driving force, our life force. And that motor is self-charging in a way. So we wake up with a full battery with like a charged motor. And throughout the day, that battery kind of like slowly goes down until we're so tired, we go to sleep. But guess what? The next day we wake up with a full battery again. And it's amazing. And we have that system working inside of us always. And so part of what a generator's gift is, is that we're able to apply ourselves in a very sustained way. We have the ability to put our head down, to hustle, to grind, to make things happen, to keep moving things forward. This is also why generators make up about 35% of the population. It's like the largest cohort because we need a lot of those doers, right? Yes, yes. The key is that we're only truly able to charge our battery to the fullest amount and really be that um, energizer, that like creative life force that we're here to be when we are investing our time and energy in the things that excite us and light us up. The things that our sacral center, that like gut responds to with a hell yes, with that like full body. I want to lean in. This is exciting to me. If this sounds somewhat easy, right? Because in in theory, you're like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm just going to live my life going around doing the things that light me up and excite me. Yeah. In reality, this is very challenging for generators because from a young age, they kind of get pegged as the doers, right? They are the ones that you can give a task to and it just gets done. And a lot of us generators end up associating our or learning to associate our self-worth with how much we are doing. And so we start to measure our, our productivity basically becomes a measure for our worth and how valuable we are and how much we're contributing. Mm. And so when we start to get invitations for things or people start to request our involvement, 
instead of only listening to, is that a hell yes for me? We're also listening to, ooh, but if I say yes, they're going to be happy and I'll feel more valued and productive. And so we start to fill our plate with all of these things that are like medium level exciting to us, right? It's not, it's not a no, but it's definitely not a hell yes. Right. And we get stuck in this like big murky area of being like fine with a capital F. Mm. So really for generators, the key is to look at everything that you are committing energy and time to and asking yourself, like, is this truly a hell yes for me? Or am I saying yes because of other reasons? Like, I don't want to disappoint them. It's going to make me feel more productive, right? And it's hard to start to set that boundary and to start to say no. But once you do, once you start to become very discerning about what you're investing your time and energy into, you'll start to see, you'll start to reap those rewards tenfold because you'll feel so much more energized. Like when I meet a generator that is exhausted, that's just a sign that they're spending too much time on stuff that doesn't light them up. And it's really important because we generators make up such a large group that we start to kind of prioritize those own needs and desires as well. I love this, Alexander. Let me yes. just tell you, like it resonates so much. Good. And I also love you saying that it's important for the generators to really connect with what feels like a hell yes, which can be very, very challenging, especially when you grow up a certain way or the stories you tell yourself about what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it seems like the sooner we generators can connect with that. The better. The more exciting everything will be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, what's the next one? So that's the generator. Manifesting generators are very similar. So they honestly operate in a very similar way um, to generators. So you can kind of go back and listen to all of that. That that same sacral motor is moving them forward. Excitement is also the thing that is most important to them. But for manifesting generators, the difference is that they move they move faster than mm. everyone else. They are always mm. like several steps ahead, essentially. And they yeah. also don't yeah. necessarily move in a linear way. So they are going to be, they're going to feel drawn to lots of different, they're going to be excited by lots of different things where a generator can mm. kind of find their passion and like dig in. A manifesting generator is the ultimate ma- multi-passionate person. They need that variety. Yeah. And so I sometimes liken them to a honeybee where they're really supposed to fly from flower to flower and cross pollinate as they go. They're not supposed to stick on one flower for the rest of their lives. Okay. And so if you meet a manifesting generator that has been in a job for 20 or 30 years, either that job has to offer a ton of variety for them or they're kind of betraying that gut and they're probably not feeling lit up and satisfied, right? They're probably feeling stuck and weighed down. Yeah. So, but all the other mechanisms for manifesting generators work very similarly to the generator. Okay. Generators and manifesting generators together, they make up about 70% of the global population. So they really are the motors that move things forward. Manifestors make up only 9% of the population and they are the initiators. They are the people that get things moving, that get things started. They're the trailblazers, the change makers. And their energy is kind of a big up and down. It's like a 
a tidal wave almost where when they are feeling inspired because the what happens to a manifester is they'll feel this urge this sudden like i have to do this yeah. comes out of nowhere it drops in and it's like it moves their entire body into action and they'll feel a lot of energy building and they'll be able to be really creative and get a lot done but as soon as that urge is fulfilled they will crash okay. and they'll experience this big low where they really need to rest, reset, recharge, um, and honor that instead of pushing themselves to always be at that high level of output and creativity. Right. Manifestors, because they are here to really initiate and challenge the status quo, naturally are also here to kind of trigger people a little bit. Mm -hmm. They are people who naturally want to like bump up and yeah, push, push people either outside of their comfort zone or just push up against others. And in order for a manifester to truly affect change and live their purpose, it's really important that they kind of block out the rest of the world to a certain extent because there's an enormous tendency to want to people please. There's a lot of pressure oh, to people please. Yeah. And if they do that, they are unable to just trust and follow those urges, right? So for a manifester, you want to just do you and try to avoid being limited or held back by what other people think, what other people might say, whether other people are ready to jump on board and support you. None of that matters as much as that urge that you feel that you've got to do. It's like yeah. a sense of urgency that's around it. Yeah. Would you say that it's good for a manifester to partner with a generator? It can be. Like if you were to go in business, are they the perfect match for each other? Honestly, in an ideal business, you have all of the types represented, right? Because right. they all right, right, serve right. like yeah. a very specific function. But yes, like the way that uh, that partnership would operate is that the manifester is probably like the vision holder, right? The person who like right. sees where you want to go, gets everyone like this is where we're headed and gives people that like big push off the starting line. Yes. Yeah. The generator is the person who actually sees it through, right? Who keeps moving, keeps crossing all their T's, dotting all their I's and like yeah. makes sure that we actually get to the finish line because by then a manifestor has lost that energy and they're probably in their low. They can't sustain that right. consistently like a generator can. Right. Okay. The biggest thing for a manifestor is like they need to be free to do their own thing. They need to be free. And when yeah. they feel limited or held back or constrained, they're going to get angry. Like the feeling that a manifestor experiences when they're out of alignment is anger. And anger is interesting because it's somewhat of a shameful emotion. Like a lot of kids are taught to like shut down their anger. Yeah. And so we kind of package it in different ways. Sometimes it comes out as like hives or digestive issues because it's just like red hot heat that doesn't have a way of expressing itself. Oh my goodness. But as a manifester, paying attention to anger because that's usually a sign that you're making yourself too small, you're allowing yourself to be limited or constrained instead of pursuing your urges. Okay. I'm loving this so much. Okay. Good. Let's go. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> projectors. So the fourth type I want to talk about is a projector and a projectors make up about 
20% of the population. And projectors are the guides. Projectors are the, okay. the seers, the optimizers. If the generator is the energizer bunny, right? The projector is the optimizer bunny where they immediately hone in and see what's wrong, what's missing. How can the system be improved? How can we optimize this? Mm. How can we make it even more efficient? Projectors energy, however, is a little bit more of a subtle ebb and flow. They don't have an internal motor like the previous three types do. Mm. And so they are more dependent on their environment for their, as their energy source. Oh, wow. So you'll notice for projectors, they tire more quickly, but they can also be more efficient with their time. So the ideal like work day for a projector is three or four hours, right? Okay. They do best when they're able to hone in on one thing at a time, really go deep, work incredibly efficiently, and then they need to step back, reset, rest, and most importantly, absorb. Okay. Because if you are a projector, your ability to guide and see opportunities, right, for optimizing is dependent on almost like stepping back a little bit, right? Because when you're so close to something where you're like, if your nose is up against the window, you can't really see the forest for the trees. So you need mm -hmm. a little bit of distance. And so for, for projectors, that rest is really key to helping them like live that purpose of guiding. Yeah. And with that also just being mindful of alone time as a really important thing for projectors. Oh, wow. Okay. Good news for projectors. Take your time to nap. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Naps are so encouraged for projectors. And this oh, is what's yeah. so tricky, as you can imagine, because we, again, we live in a world that has this, for example, nine to five workday. Right. But for a projector, that isn't supportive at all. Um, and yet they feel that then there's something wrong with them or they're lazy, mm. but if they were just mm. given the opportunity to operate in the way that is most supportive for them, yeah. they would get just as much done as that generator gets done in eight hours in four hours. Oh, wow. Okay. And they could use the rest of the time to kind of recharge. Yeah. And the thing with projectors though, is that because they're wired to see what's missing, what's wrong they can tend to sometimes come across as a little bit of a know-it-all or overly critical. Oh. So the key for a projector is what we call waiting for the invitation, which means being a little bit more passive and waiting for people to come and invite you to share your insight, your gifts, your energy. Mm. Because by doing that, you ensure that when you do invest that time and energy, there's actually someone who's ready to receive and do something meaningful with it on the other end. And there is yeah. nothing more frustrating for a projector than pouring themselves into something, right? Giving that limited energy that they have, and then there being no outcome, no results, no tangible thing right. to point to. Right. Okay. So if you're a projector being mindful of like what you are allocating time and energy to, and that there's actually an invitation there and not just you trying to point out all the things that need to be done better, um, because it's going to leave you feeling resentful and bitter, which is really that sign for a projector that they are out of alignment. Right. Okay. Love it. Okay. And then the fifth. Okay. Last type. Yes. 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 I'll keep it fast. Okay. Um, reflectors. So reflectors make up only 1% of the population. Oh. 
And reflectors are these magical beings that are really here to be mirrors. So they are doing exactly what the name suggests. They are constantly reflecting their environment. Okay. So they really are the truth tellers in a way because they have an enormous wisdom. They can look at something and see right through it, right? They can just be in a certain environment and immediately pick up on what everyone else in that environment is feeling and maybe not saying. Mm. So they're really here to be the like, center point of a community or a society that is constantly like a pulse check of how are we, how are we doing? Mm. What are we not talking about? What needs to be brought to light? The challenge though, for a reflector is that they are always almost at the mercy of their environment. So they are incredibly sensitive Mm. when COVID was happening, for example, like reflectors felt all of that, all of the anxiety, all of the emotions, all of the, they can really get weighed down. And they also, for reflectors, it's really important to just live in the moment because that is their job is to just be reflecting that present moment. And as a result, they are constantly evolving because who they were yesterday is going to be different from who they am today because they're in a different environment. They're surrounded by different people. And that ability to be present without trying to predict where you're going to be tomorrow or compare yourself to who you were yesterday or like try and label yourself as any one thing is really important because Otherwise, right, if you put yourself in a box, you are preventing yourself from being able to to evolve along with that environment and continue to play that role of truth teller, of reflector. Right. But it means that they cycle through all of the energies that we just described, the like big ups and downs, the small ups and downs, the generator. They can become any one of those right? Depending on who they're with. If a reflector is with a projector, they, they pick up on that ability to guide and they have the insight. If a projector is, or if a reflector is with a generator, they'll feel this enormous pulse to like, get going, get moving. But it's never, it's not coming from within. It's not there. So it's always temporary. And that's the thing for a reflector to understand is like, let go of needing to cling to anything as this is who I am, or this is mine to keep because everything is, is temporary. And all you're supposed to do is keep showing up, allowing life to surprise you right in the moment, instead of having these expectations, which is most likely going to lead to disappointment. And that disappointment for them is that sign that they are not living in alignment. Oh my God. These are all so cool now. Okay. So I would love to put this into like some real life examples to kind of help us get clarity on this. So are you able to share any stories, of course, not saying people's names, but you as a coach working with clients, like how they use their human design to make a transformation in their life? Yeah, totally. Several. I'll, okay. I'll actually even start with, so let me start with the, the proje- projector example. Yeah. So a client I was working with recently had spent her whole life looking for her passions, right? Because you're told, do what you love, do what you're passionate about, follow that passion. And she felt an enormous amount of pressure to take action towards that passion and to figure out what that passion was. But in reality, she couldn't quite pinpoint it, right? She could never quite find Mm -hmm. it. And she never quite felt what they were talking about with do what lights you up. 
Right. And that's because as a projector, right, that's that's not the way that she is supposed to function. What what she was being taught to do was very much a generator type of, of way of living. And so right. I talked with her about focusing less on like this idea of passion and following your passions and more on what are some of the gifts that you have that you are innately good at that comes so effortlessly to you? What are the things that people come to you for advice on? What are the things that you get the most compliments on? What are the things that make you lose track of time? And then what are the things that you're curious about? Forget this like big label of passion and being lit up, just kind of assess that. And from there, we then talked about instead of, of putting this, giving herself this job of having to go out and make it happen, what about if she just stepped back, got really clear on what are those gifts that I have? How am I uniquely able to add value to this world? Getting so clear on that, that she's like projecting that out. She's embodying those skills so well that other people can't help but see it in her and start to invite her in. Mm. So instead of her having to be the one that's going and making it happen, all she then has to do is sit back and wait for the right people to come along and invite her to participate in certain things or take certain jobs. And that for her was life-changing because she'd been putting all this pressure on herself to operate in a way that wasn't supportive for her, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Another example from more of my personal life, just to show you the the difference between two of these types, right? So I'm a generator like you and my husband is a projector. So I wake up in the morning like you described, right? I wake up and I'm, I'm full of energy. I'm like, what are we doing today? I want to do this, 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 and this. Let's go. My husband wakes up in the morning and he's like, hold up. I just want to lie in bed for a little while longer. Yeah. Read my news, slowly get going, right? I don't want to feel pressure to have to do anything yet. And a lot of the times on the weekends, he was so exhausted from, he's like runs his own company. He was so exhausted from like pushing, pushing, pushing all week that he just wanted to be alone. And I took that personally. I was like, you don't want to hang out with me because I never experienced that type of exhaustion. And for him, even if we were to sit on the couch together and watch Netflix, that would still be requiring energy from him that he doesn't have because he's sitting next to me and he's very sensitive to to that motor that I have that's like let's go let's go let's go so he's picking up on oh my gosh does she need anything should we do anything like is she enjoying this show whereas I can just watch the show and I'm not necessarily as affected by that yeah so understanding his design now instead of taking that personally the fact that he needs the alone time I can encourage it and so I, I know when, when he starts to get that bitterness, resentfulness, that, that thing that shows me he's out of alignment, I tell him, like, take the day to yourself, go on a trip, right? Like, go into, I'm going to get out of the house with our son because I know how important and valuable that is to him and he's a better husband for it. But if I judged him based off of my energetics, it wouldn't make any sense and I would feel right. neglected and I would feel upset. And so this is where I think using human design can not only transform the way you see yourself, but also other people. Yes. I was just thinking about that. How wonderful for people in relationships or even us with children, people who have children, to know 
our family's human design. It's life-changing. I can see how helpful that would be. I actually started a, a whole platform for parents because of that reason, because yeah, a lot of the times I found with my now two-year-old, right, he's not able to communicate yet what he wants and what he needs. Right. And so being able to study his chart gave me so much more insight and empathy for where he's coming from. Yeah. That's so cool. All right. Here is one real life example I would love to to try out with you. Yes. So I've been hearing a lot of people going through career transitions right now. So, you know, in some of them, people are maybe they're being laid off or some people are wanting to try something different. They've been in the same line of work forever and ever. They want to make transitions. So according to the five energy types, is there just one like you, you did mention, I believe, with the projector you said for as your client to let it come to her, to invite it in. Mm -hmm. How about the other energy types when they're looking for these career transitions, we'll say? Great question. So if you're a generator or a manifesting generator, I would like the, the mechanism for your energy, right? Is that that sacral center response to something with excitement or not excitement, the hell yes or the not hell yes. So for you, you almost want to create a buffet of options because that's really how what life is for you. It's a buffet of options and you're just supposed to see what you respond to. So if you're considering a career change, but you don't know really where you want to go from there, give yourself these options. Start learning about certain things that you might be curious about or have heard about and just see what am I responding to? And don't use your mind because this is really, again, it's probably a lot too much depth to get into right now about where this comes from. But human design teaches us that really only 2% of people are supposed to make decisions with their mind. Ooh. The rest of us, it's all in our, the wisdom is all in our body. Okay. And especially for a generator and a manifesting generator, pay attention to what is your body lean in what gets you kind of excited or curious. And those are the things you want to explore and focus on, not what makes sense based on my resume and where I've been and the types of references that I can get. And yeah. that's the thing. Sometimes that gut response doesn't make any sense and you've got to trust it. So that's where I would start with them. Yes. Love that. With manifestors, I would say, right? Like focus on, on that, like urge. If you have an urge, if the urge is like, oh, I've just have this urge to uh, quit my job and do, you know, travel to India and like see whatever I find there. That's amazing. A lot of people probably won't have that. So I would focus yeah. for a manifester really on what is the impact you want to have in the world because for them they are these trailblazers and these these change makers right so if you could leave one let like if you think about the one thing you could leave behind or or the one sentence people would use to describe your legacy in terms of what you had changed here on earth mm. what would that be focus on the impact that you want to have and leave behind and that can really help inform where you want to go in this next phase or this next transition. Okay. For projectors, like we talked about, it's really about stepping back yeah. and asking yourself, like, what, what are those skills that, that come so effortlessly to me 
that I really, that I want to share with the world. And if I'm not getting enough of those opportunities right now, how can I become almost like a billboard for those skills, right? How can I showcase them? Not in a way of like, you're forcing it on someone, but just in a way of like, oh, hey, I just actually finished this course or look at this thing that I did or how I helped that person. So you're just starting to put it out there more so that people can see what you see in yourself. Like that's really what you want to focus on as a projector is like, think about what this next evolution of you, who this next evolution of you is, what skills they are contributing or how they are showing up. And then just embody that, embody that so much that people can't help, but like stop in their tracks and think of you when they have an opportunity that aligns. Mm, Okay. God, it's so empowering. Okay. And then as a reflector, it is all about environment, environment, environment. So get yourself in the environments that feel good to you. Yes. If you are looking to make a transition, focus on like, who are the types of people I want to be around, right? What is the type of environment or setting I want to be in? That should be guiding your next transition. Again, not the mind telling you, well, this makes the most sense as a next step, right? Or this is an opportunity that like someone presented to me and I don't have anything else. So I might as well do that. Like it's the environment for you is so critical and you need to be around people who make you feel like your most supported, best confident self. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if someone wanted to get started with all of this and learning about their human design and then starting to dig into it, what are the first steps for people to do? I would say Go look up your chart and you can do this for free and a number of different websites. You can do it on my website. There's a great website called myhumandesign.com. You fill in your birth information and you'll get a chart. Yeah. And the chart will look very complicated, but you'll start to see a few things described on the right that can help you make sense of the type that you are, which we talked about, and a few other elements. A site like My Human Design, and there's another great one by Erin Claire Jones, Mm -hmm. both of those sites have incredible libraries of videos where that dive deep into all the different aspects of your design. So if you're more of like a self-researcher, you can kind of go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. The next best step to me would be doing a reading, a session with someone where you get to dive into your chart with some, with a coach for an hour and they can kind of give you a little bit more of a lay of the land. Um, And then also following people on Instagram because there's a lot, like most of the content that helps put human design into practice, like helps you apply it to your life is happening on Instagram because it's a very new system. Um, So if you are on that platform, that's a great place to also start to get little like bite-sized pieces about human design. Okay. But people need to know their time of birth, the day, obviously, and then where they were born. Yes, exactly. So what if they don't know their time of birth? So that happens a lot. Yeah. Ideally, you at least know morning, afternoon, evening. Okay. Um, And because most of the planets don't move that quickly, right? If you at least know kind of the window of four to six hours, 75 to 80% of the chart is going to be correct, right? Okay. So that's already helpful. 
If you don't know at all what time you were born, I always say just pick noon on that day. Mm -hmm. But what I'll do usually is look up 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. as well and just see, is there a shift in their energy type, right? Typically there won't be, but if there is, then you might want to do a little bit more of a let's talk about each of these types and which one feels more like you. And that can kind of help determine the time. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is that there are certain aspects of the chart that are very sensitive to exact time. So for example, in my sessions with them, I just won't talk about those because it, it, it isn't mm. worth going that deep if you don't have the exact time. Okay. So if anybody's listening and they don't have the exact time, there is still hope. It works. Yes. Yes. And the energy type that in and of itself is like one of the biggest revelations and that you can get typically, even if you don't have the exact time. Okay. I find this to be so fascinating, Alexandra. It's so cool just to have another tool if people are open to it and why not to learn how we move best in the world and just to make decisions. And you talking about my being a generator and making decisions for my gut. I mean, that resonates so much. And especially as I have gotten older and and perhaps like are learning even more about myself than just who I was, you know, as a young person. It's like, it's such food for thought, like how to move forward and make decisions. I just, I just love it. And I think like in relationships, in your career, in finding your purpose. So I just have one more question for you as we're going to wrap up. Is there one takeaway that you would love people to come away with about human design? Just one thing for people to keep in mind about this whole process or tool? I don't know. Do you call it a process, a tool? Gosh, I would call it more of a tool. Okay. There's obviously so much there. Yeah. But I would say the primary takeaway for me would be that everyone is being gifted this unique blueprint for a reason. We have a unique set of gifts and preferences and sensitivities and way our energy is designed to work. And If we all leaned into that, right, the world would be such a rich, robust place instead of all trying to operate in the same way or hone the same gifts. And so really embracing the stuff that actually sets you apart, that's, that's what human design is all about. Oh, I love it. Embracing what sets you apart. So cool. Ah, it's so good. Well, thank you so much. I think that people listening to this are are learning something new, a new way to to help ourselves just navigate our journey through this world. And I I love how you are holding the light for this way of people to be and to know themselves better, know ourselves better, and leading our authentic lives. That's like that's just like one of the biggest parts of our journey, I think. So Thank you so much, Alexandra. I've loved this so much. Thank you so much for having me and you for being such a light holder too and sharing these types of messages and systems with your with your audience. Oh, of course. You know, speaking of the generator thing, this doing this podcast was a gut hitter. This is what I was like, this you is can where tell. I want to You're go. lit up really? and that energizes <laughs> all of us that get to engage with you in this way. Oh, right on. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. To learn more about Alexandra, find her at alexandracole.com. Her last name is spelled C-O-L-E. 
You can also find her on Instagram at Alexandra F. Cole, where she posts helpful tips, ideas, and information around human design. Thank you for listening to Hold the Light. For more information about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at holdthelightcollective.com or on Instagram at holdthelightcollective. This podcast is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer and all-around sound guru. He also wrote the original music. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you like the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. Let's share the light with each other.